Welcome to Office Hours with DPT. This series is run by the Dartmouth Political Times, a non-partisan online publication at Dartmouth College. We aim to host discussions about all things politics and current affairs with Dartmouth professors and community members. I'm your host, Dhruv Uppal, a 22 at Dartmouth College. And I'm your co-host, Madeline Gochi, a 23 at Dartmouth. In this episode, we look at the response to the pandemic within the nonprofit sector. The date is the 5th of May 2020, and we're talking to Reen Erm and Crystal Arn, Executive Directors at Giver Central. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Great. So before we get started, could you guys pre- briefly tell us a little bit about yourselves as well as what Giver Central does? Uh, sure. So I'm Reen. I'm a sophomore at Dartmouth and I'm studying history and economics. I'm from Hanover, New Hampshire, and I co-founded um, Give Essential with my roommate, Amy. I'm Crystal. I'm a recent graduate from Case Western Reserve University, and I was on my gap year working for a nonprofit in Asia. Um, in undergrad, I studied uh, on the pre-med track and I'll be starting medical school in a couple months. So Give Essential is a matching platform that connects essential workers who request certain items with um, donors who want to find a way to thank essential workers for all the work that they've been doing um, during COVID-19. On our website, you'll find two forms, one for essential workers who can request items in five different categories, um, which are personal, hygiene products, feminine hygiene products, kids activities, um, gift cards, and cleaning supplies. And we specifically chose household items because um, we found that these were items that are have been hard to find um, at stores. Um, just people have been panic buying them, um, so they're harder to find. The there's not as much availability um, in person, and um, so the donors then fill out their form with the same item categories. We create the match. Our volunteers facilitate it, and eventually the essential worker will see will receive a care package with those items in it. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about um, how and when you both created this platform um, and when you first kind of realized and decided um, that the pandemic was a problem that you could do something about? Um, So in the winter, I took a social entrepreneurship class with Amy um, where we learned a lot about resource mismatches in society um, and how social ventures um, can work to um, kind of mitigate the effects of those. And when we went home for spring break, we were reading in the news a lot about essential workers and how, like I mentioned earlier, um, people were panic buying toilet paper, soap, shampoo, none of that was readily available. And so we were thinking, um, I was kind of looking through my own closet and I realized there are a lot of like hotel shampoos that we've just been hoarding up over the years. And, you know, if like someone has a better use for them than I do, why wouldn't I want to kind of step in and um, help out in that case. So we um, basically learned about this idea in a class, found a real world application for it, and that's um, where the idea for this started. Yeah, and um, I got in touch with Amy, um, the other founder um, of Give Essential, a couple days after the soft launch of the website, basically looking to help out in any way that I could. Um, I was in this situation where I had recently flown back from living in Asia, where I had had the opportunity to observe the escalation of the whole COVID situation. And then now when I was back at home in the US with no work or school, I had this really strong desire to do something to help out. And especially with my connections to the medical field, I have friends who are fighting on the front lines as nurses and medical school friends who are helping with 
contact tracing and COVID hotlines. But, you know, personally, without any medical training yet, I was at a loss for how to make a positive impact in the struggle that we're all in. And I think that's something that a lot of people can identify with right now. There's so many people out there who want to help others, but don't know how they can. And I think that's the beauty and the utility of Give Essential is that it empowers regular people like you and me who are stuck at home right now to make a direct impact on an essential worker's life. And especially in this time of lockdown and isolation, I think to be able to make that type of connection and to build a community, a sense of community around this is such a powerful experience. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm interested to know, are there any challenges that you guys have faced running this platform right now? Definitely. Um, each day, I think, has its new challenges. Um, recently, we've um, been lucky enough to have some uh, pretty big like media coverage, and that's been um, good in terms of getting the word out to donors. Uh, so the challenge this week has actually been reaching out to essential workers. Um, I think we have about a couple thousand donors at this point and are definitely searching for those essential worker channels. Um, so I guess that's an example of a challenge. Mm -hmm. And then just, um, I think to bring it into perspective, you know, I'm a recent college grad, Reen is still in college. We didn't have any experience in like startups or nonprofit management or volunteer management. So just in terms of everything from um, being aware of privacy issues, um, how to navigate data privacy and protection, how to talk to lawyers about this, how to manage a team of now I think 30 plus volunteers who are mainly college students and therefore have you know busy schedules that they're trying to juggle their volunteer work with. So it's really just all been such a huge learning experience, but um, an, an incredible path so far. Can you talk a little bit about how frontline workers and the press have responded to your service uh, and some of the feedback um, or thanks that you've gotten? I think in terms of the essential workers who we've been able to connect with, um, one thing that's been very cool to see is how generous um, people are and how much they want to help um, people in their community. We've seen donors give anywhere from you know, $200 gift cards to five or six essential workers to just care packages full of uh, masks. Um, we've seen, you know, care packages full of kids' toys, cards, handwritten cards, um, and really just um, anything and everything. Um, that's a household item, of course. And um, it's been very heartwarming as well to see um, essential worker responses. I think the one general theme I've been seeing is um, just essential workers feeling like they're not being heard or seen or appreciated. And um, I think, you know, when Amy and I were coming up with this, we saw that a lot of um, COVID-related organizations were targeting healthcare workers. And, you know, obviously, like, the healthcare are the direct front line. They're so important and the work they do is so amazing. But at the same time, there are people who are, you know, keeping the grocery stores open and there are people who are driving the buses that people take to work every day. Um, and those people are also on the front line. And we just wanted to um, find a way to be able to thank them, to let them know that we appreciate them. Um, and I think a lot of the essential worker feedback has um, kind of reflected that. In terms of press... Like people are looking for ways to help 
in while they're in lockdown, um, especially young students who might not be as financially capable um, or who just aren't as technically skilled. Um, but I think the press has been very interested in find, helping to find ways for people like that to um, kind of connect with essential workers during this time. And I think something that's been um, really motivating and kind of validating in terms of um, the the need for a, a platform like ours is that we've received messages from both the essential worker side and the donor side that's are basically saying thank you for creating this opportunity. On the essential worker side, it's like thank you for recognizing that there's needs that are being unmet and for setting this up and then on the donor side it's like we get messages that are like thank you so much for creating this platform and giving us a way to directly help and thank essential workers um so to see that we're meeting a need on both sides of the equation is um it's yeah been really validating um and i think you mentioned that neither of you have really had any experience any experiences with startups or i guess anything like this so I'm interested to know, are there any social organizations or maybe, I guess, other companies or startups that kind of inspire the platform or in some way that you kind of modeled it after or you look up to? Yeah, so I mentioned that Amy and I took the social entrepreneurship class where we were learning about um, matching platforms that look to alleviate resource mismatches. Um, so an example of a matching platform would be Airbnb. Um, there are a group of people who need housing for a night, and then there are a group of people who, you know, have an extra room in their house, and Airbnb works to connect those people. Um, so kind of after looking, learning about those models, um, we, you know, had learned about the pros and cons of a two, um, a, a two-sided matching platform, and um, saw how we could apply it to the uh, COVID-19. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, we saw a lot of organizations that were focused on healthcare workers getting PPE, um, you know, masks, goggles, uh, scrubs to healthcare workers, but we didn't notice anything um, for essential workers. So we wanted to fill that niche. Um, what lessons would you say that you both have learned about both um, responding to something such as the pandemic, but as well as just starting this type of social organization? Um, that you think would be useful for both listeners as well as yourself kind of going forward? I think something that's been really helpful and something that we've learned from talking with some mentors that we've been lucky enough to be able to reach out to is that um, it's really easy to get caught up in the day-to-day operations of, you know, trying to make this work. And um, because we're growing so fast, it's been a lot of frantic um, scrambling to just, you know, make sure that we can meet the needs that we're seeing right now, do the day-to-day tasks. But something that a lot of our mentors have advised us to do is just, you know, stop for a second and, you know, reflect on what we've done so far and think about what we'd like to do in the future and think about those big long-term goals that are core values as an organization and what are the you know more long-term actions that we can take to make sure that we're staying true to those values but also able to meet the uh, where we want to be in the future yeah so you talk about the i guess your future plans so i'm interested to know do you have any like 
plans to grow the service, maybe spread into like other geographies or alter the platform in some way? I guess, are there any ways in which the situation is changing such that you're adapting to that would be beneficial? Um, our ultimate goal has always been just to help as many people as possible. Um, I think what's very unique about our platform is that it's a direct gift-giving one, um, and there aren't quite any models like this out there. Um, so I guess immediately one goal that I, or one, um, something that I would like to see this grow into is helping not just essential workers, but people who have been affected by COVID. And um, I think it would be very interesting to see um, what other sort of niches we'd be able to fill. Do you, do either of you or both of you see yourselves doing other sort of projects um, outside of the pandemic in the social sector? Do you see this as your entry into it or do you feel like it's pretty specialized to just trying to respond um, to this crisis? I think both Rena and I, um, sorry to speak for you, Rena, if this isn't true, but we're both interested in nonprofits, um, nonprofit management. Rain um, took a gap year after high school to um, work with City Year, and um, I took a gap year after college to work with a nonprofit in Vietnam. So it's something that I think we're both really interested in. And so being able to, you know, dip our feet or dip our feet or, you know, jump straight into the pool with Give Essential has been, um, like I said before, an incredible learning experience. We've gained so much experience um, from doing this kind of thing. And like personally, I'd like to obviously continue um, taking Give Essential however far we can take it, um, depending on how, you know, the situation involves and if we there's still a need that our platform will meet. Um, and then in the future, yeah, I'd like to, you know, be a part of um, this type of social project and keep that as part of my career. And I know you both um, kind of talked about the lessons um, that you've learned both from mentors as well as just kind of the experience um, running and starting Give Essential. Uh, what advice would you give to listeners who want to give back and become more involved in their community or more advice um, than what you've already given? Honestly, just go for it. Like if you're if somebody is out there and they have an idea right of how to help in this situation, obviously there's an incredible amount of need out there and if you have an idea, just, you know, try it. That's what Reen and Amy did. And I don't think either of them could have expected, you know, that we'd be on NBC or CNN with this project, but, you know, they, they just went for it. And I mean, if it's a good idea and if you like put, put work into it and you have a good team behind your back, then, you know, it could grow really big and you have like a big impact. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, we tell the story of this Give Essential literally started as a text message between me and Amy at like midnight on a Wednesday. And then by that Friday, we had reached over 2000 essential workers. Um, I think echoing what Crystal said, it's definitely you can't just dip your toe into it. You have to fully just go into the like pond. One of our mentors told us that community exists. Um, you just have to find a way to uh, connect it and or community community exists and just finding it is the challenging part. Um, and I would say that there's definitely a community of entrepreneurs, um, like both within Dartmouth and outside of Dartmouth and 
being able to speak to them and get advice from others has been instrumental in helping us um, grow our own platform. Yeah, well, well that's awesome. Um, so, Crystal and Reen, thanks so much for joining us. Um, thanks for the work you're doing, definitely. I think everyone listening definitely sees it as an inspiration how we can all just get involved um, and help the communities around us. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tune in next week.